Welcome one and all to Talk About It, a podcast by teens for teens, giving teens a platform to discuss the issues that matter to them. Be mental health, music, social issues, sports, anxiety, COVID-19 and so much more. My name is Amelie, the host of this show, and I invite you to settle in to what I think will be a very exciting episode of Talk About It. Many people have heard of autism, but mightn't know what it is. Well, autism, or as it is also known, ASD, Autism Spectrum Disorder, is a complicated development condition that involves challenges in social interaction, speech and non-verbal communication. Autism is different for every person who has it, with different degrees and different impacts. That is why it is called a spectrum. So some common characteristics include difficulty in reading social cues, discomfort in social situations, they may avoid eye contact, have a tendency to speak in a monotone, require a rigid routine, and may have a special interest or obsessive topic to which they wish to study, to talk about, to play with all the time. And that is really only just to name a few. All those who have autism are not going to fall under the same characteristics that I've just listed, although these are very common. People with autism also have similar strengths too, such as high loyalty, honesty, detailed-oriented, a good memory and much more. So yes, that's just a basic synopsis of what autism is. Subdivine is an Irish indie rock band from County Mayo. Their self-released and self-titled debut album features the song Lone Girl, which I am happy to say is the next song I'm going to play on this episode. Subdivine features Con Diamond on bass and vocals, Jason Crean on drums, Irma Naughton on the electric guitar. I hope I said all those names correctly. <laughs> if you want to hear more from the lads, you can go give them a follow on their Instagram at Subdivine Official, which will be shared on my own Instagram page. I've listened to this song all week and I have to say I really like it. This is Lone Girl. Yeah. 
I chat today with Freya O'Horo, the founder and creator of Autism Siblings Ireland. We chat about what it is like being a sibling of a person with autism, her products inspired by autistic children's needs, her blog, and much more. Welcome to the podcast, Freya, and a big thank you for joining me here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. You're very welcome. So I just mentioned you were the founder and creator of Autism Siblings Ireland. For those who don't know what it is, can you tell us a bit about it? Absolutely. So Autism Siblings Ireland is an organisation that I created basically as a space for other autism siblings to turn to for advice, guidance and help, whether that be your sibling has got a new diagnosis of autism or, you know, it's a few years down the line and they have questions and they're wondering, you know, different stages of life with their autism sibling. I wanted to create that resource that they could use for that. Can you tell us a bit about how you set up Autism Siblings Ireland? What was the process like? So I originally set it up when I was 16. I was in transition year and it started off as a transition year project. So it was originally called um, All About Autism and we had created booklets and gone through um, business enterprise competitions and things like that. And coming to the end of TY, you know, those kind of companies that you set up in TY, they tend to stop. But for me, I felt like I just hit the tip of the iceberg. Like I wanted to keep going with it and to keep it growing and building. And as time went on, you know, I set up my blog and I started to realize that as a sibling, there wasn't a lot of resources out there for other siblings. And I suppose that's when the name change came along of Autism Siblings Ireland. I wanted to really emphasize that I am an autism sibling and that's what I'm here for is for other siblings just like myself. Um, so as I grew, it grew with me. And that's amazing that you set it up so young, Freya. And it's fantastic that you continued it also. Was there a positive reaction to your business? Um, I suppose I got a lot of um, support from family, especially at the start of it. And, you know, a lot of that transition year program was, you know, you had to push for sales and there was all that aspect of business to it. But for me, it wasn't that side of things that I liked. I liked the awareness I was creating. Do you know, so that's kind of why then as I changed the name and I changed kind of the way it was going, um, do you know, I pushed for it to be more of a resource rather than a business opportunity. And I suppose along with that, the support then mm-hmm. changed then with autism families and siblings coming forward and saying thank you and, do you know, using it as that resource rather than um, a product to buy. Yes. And as I mentioned earlier, you have an Instagram and blog page where you share not only your own story, but the stories of others whose siblings have autism. Would you like to tell us a bit more about your brother who has autism? Absolutely. So Dean is 12 years old and he's going to be 13 on the 1st of May. Um, We have another brother, Tuan. He's 16. And the three of us lived together with our mum and dad and our three dogs in Mayo. So when Dean was two, he got his autism diagnosis. And at the time, I didn't really know what autism was. I wasn't aware of it. So I didn't know if it meant that he was sick or that something bad was coming. Like, I had no idea what it was about. So as Dean was on his journey getting his diagnosis, I was on my own journey learning about what autism was and learning the person I could be for him. And so as at the age of 11, you know, you're kind of coming into that stage of teenage years I felt I was a little bit more ahead than all my other peers because I was taking on this role as an autism sibling, you know, being the big protective sister. And, you know, I was seeing a part of society like, you know, our services and the help and support he needed that not a lot of my peers would have been exposed to. So I do think that, you know, 
having Dean in my life, I have been able to grow up quicker and I've become um, more patient and non-judgmental and, you know, it's only benefited me. You're saying on your blog that when Dean was younger, he wasn't like other children. So for people who don't know or may be unsure about what autism is, could you explain the characteristics of autism and what it is? Absolutely. So autism, um, it's it's a disability, but as I think of it as more of a different ability. So Dean in particular would see things differently than we would like things like danger. He wouldn't see anything bad about touching something hot or walking out in front of a car. Um, you know, the way he sees toys, the way he plays, he'd be more wanting to line things up or colour coordinate or put things in alphabetical order. He wouldn't just be like, you know, have his toys wrestling or fighting like you might see other boys doing. So really, it's just like a different operating system. They just see things differently than we would, which is why for a lot of, you know, people with autism, like when it comes to textures and colours and lights and sounds, some of them they're very sensitive to and some of them they like a lot more of than say me or you would. And that's kind of how I would say for people who wouldn't really be aware of what autism is, just look at it like it's not a disability, look at it as a different ability. And did you look at it as a different ability when you first learned what it was? Um, I think that kind of came along a few years down the road, like because when I first heard of autism, you know, it was very much a big learning thing for me learning what it was what it meant for him where life was going to go for him that as I grew up I started to see how he interacted with different aspects of society and life and then it was kind of that that showed me hang on he just he just sees things a little different than I do and then kind of that different ability um kind of viewpoint came about. So were you able to view the world differently with Dean in your life? I'm intrigued by that. He definitely did help me see the world differently especially when it came to like do you know when you'd be out and about with your friends and you might see somebody and they might start like laughing or making a comment and my automatic thing was this this person's different they're you know they're obviously there might be something there do you know there was never like a judgment of like oh he's weird or anything it was always a kind of how like because I know Dean like when he goes out and about he likes to walk on his tiptoes he has ear defenders he flaps his hands like when I see that in somebody else my like my immediate reaction is not to judge them. So I think having Dean in my life, I have been able to see that part of the world through his eyes. And especially too, like I see things affect him that he may not be able to communicate with me. So he can actually tell when people are judging him and they're treating him poorly. And he may not say anything. He may not, you know, blurt it out. But the way he shows his emotions and his body language, I can tell he's affected by it. And I suppose... Being able to pick that up, I've been able to notice in other people. So when people be like, oh, I'm okay, I'm fine. But I can tell from how they're acting and their body language that they're not okay. And I feel like that has really helped me as a friend to other people as well as to be able to like look after my friends and check in on them. That is amazing that you are able to recognise that because for many people, it takes years to realise it. That is, that's really amazing. And you said that when Dean is in a public place, that he is treated differently. Can you tell us in what ways and how we can learn not to treat people with autism any differently from anybody else? Well, a big thing with Dean would be that if he had a meltdown in public, you know, a lot of more the older generation would so be like, oh, he's having a tantrum or he's misbehaving and kind of, you know, judge him in that kind of way. And the thing is with Dean, when he has a meltdown with any individual with autism has a meltdown, they don't they can't control it there's no, they're not doing it because they want something. It's very much them 
overstimulated. There's a lot of sensory needs, you know, sensory overload there. So when I see people judging him for when he's having a meltdown or even as something as simple as when he flaps his hands to um, stim himself, you see that kind of judgment and he can see it. Even if he doesn't directly look at you when you're judging him, he picks it up, he feels it. He knows that you're judging him for the person that he is. And I think as a society, what we can do to help an individual with autism when they go out into the world is that just if you see them flapping their hands, let them, they're not causing you any harm. They're not bringing you any problems in your life. Just let them do what they need to do to get through their day of shopping. Do you know, when they're having a meltdown, even if you calmly came over to their parent, guardian, sibling, whoever's with them said, do you need any help? I understand. That is a big, big thing to do. Do you know, it's about creating a world where they're treated equally as everyone else. And the thing is, where everyone's like, oh, everyone's different. Everyone's unique. Same with an individual with autism. Just because they have that diagnosis doesn't mean that they shall be categorized into one group. They're still very much their own person. So treat them like you would any other stranger you meet on the street respect is a big thing and they will see that and they will appreciate that well Fred that is great advice I love it actually what is your what is currently your favorite memory with Dean because it sounds like you two are very close and he from all the stories so far he sounds like a great kid um I definitely think I have kind of a few memories but one of them would definitely be like our adventures we go on on the beach we both love the sea we love the beach so when we go, we're like there for the day and, you know, our mum be like, come back, come back, you're swimming too far. And we're like, no, we're going, we're going exploring. Do you know, and I love that we both have that love and we can share that together. And like another memory that I love of Dean is when he's, he's so smart, like he knows six languages and he's only 12, do you know? Oh. And he's amazing when it comes to technology and computers. And when he does something oh. that we don't understand, he ju- he looks at us like, uh, you're, you're silly like what do you mean you don't know this this is so simple and you know it's so cute to see him have that do you know when society can be so quick to be like oh you know poor them or oh, you know they don't have it easy but like Dean shows like he learned six languages and like even last night he got into my Netflix without having any of the login details and we have no idea how he did it like do you know he just puts it into perspective that yeah okay he made a bit of total conversation with you for two minutes but he can hack into my Netflix no problem that's unreal Wow, a handy trick to have, I'm sure. Also, what languages does he speak? So he has um, English, but he also has Portuguese, Spanish, French, uh, Russian and Romanian. And he's currently learning um, Italian at the moment. Yeah, that's his sixth one. Where does he learn? Where does he learn all these languages? That's amazing. Yeah, so what he does is with his, he loves YouTube. So what he does is he might watch the um, video in English and have like the subtitles come up and then he'll switch it. So he's been able to associate the words with the subtitles that come up then. So sometimes he might actually ask us for things in another language or he might start just talking like away to us in like Spanish. And we're like, Dean, we don't speak that. We can't communicate with you. And then he look at us like, oh, my God, well, you just learn it like it's not hard. Knowing well that I'm so bad at learning languages. I it was always my weakest point in school. And I'm just like, Dean, I can't. I can't do this. <laughs> wow. What a coincidence you said that because my brother has started doing the same thing just watching the same TV show over and over again on Netflix and now he's been changing it to different languages. Unbelievable to see what kids can learn from just watching the TV. Absolutely. So can you tell us a bit about your blog because you you were describing earlier about Autism Siblings Ireland so what how does the blog link to that? 
So the blog is kind of where Autism Siblings all started. Um, that was kind of my point where I would come on and I would share kind of my journey with Dee and things that helped him, things that I would set up and do for him, kind of just helping other siblings and families. Like, because Dean has a lot of sensory needs. So I did a blog post, um, you know, on different uh, sensory fidget toys that he found very useful. Little things like that my blog was used for just to help other families and give advice. And I suppose then the Autism Siblings Ireland side of it, I then started interviewing other siblings and, you know, getting help, like, you know, advice from professionals, like occupational therapists and stuff. So that while the blog was about my and Dean's journey, it was also an outlet that other siblings could come on and share their viewpoint. Just to go back a second there, Freya, you said about Dean's sensory issues, and I saw you made a product to help him with that. A tubal necklace, I believe. Can you describe that for us? Yeah, so uh, tubal jewellery, basically it kind of came about for me because my brother has a lot of tension in his jaw and a lot of his sensory needs come from there. So he's constantly biting on things and chewing. And I suppose I want him to always have something that he could bring around them easily, something small, something he could carry on himself, you know, that he always had there available to bite on. And I suppose that's where the tubal jewellery came along. So it was just, it's just a small little um, piece of like rubber jewellery and it hangs around his neck and it's just something that he can pick up and bite on when he needs to release that tension in his jaw. And like there's so many products out there with sensory issues and sensory needs that it's important that, you know, just because a child has autism, that doesn't mean they have the same sensory needs. Like, you know, it's about finding the right products. It's all trial and error. And for me, I found that tube jewelry was a big positive impact on Dean and what he needed for his needs. Great. And is there a place you can go purchase it? Absolutely. So if you go on to Autism Siblings Ireland, I have a shop set up on the website and along with tubal jewellery, I also um, made Autism Sibling goodie bags, which contains little bits and pieces for siblings, you know, stickers and keyrings and things that they can carry around with them. And I think it's a great way of starting a conversation as well, that if you imagine you've your keys or your school bag and you have that keyring on it and some can be like, oh, what's autism? Oh, do you have, do you know somebody with autism? It's a great conversation starter. And that's what I really want those sibling goodie bags to be was the conversation starter for siblings to get their, share their story and get their input in. Yeah, and you mentioned that earlier too about sharing autism sibling stories. And is that part of the reason why you set it up? Because you felt like as an autism sibling, your stories weren't being shared? Absolutely. I did find that when Dean got his diagnosis, there wasn't a lot of resources there for siblings, especially. A lot of things were, you know, um, focused on the parents. And there was groups and stuff that my mum and dad went to when Dean got his diagnosis and there was nothing there for siblings. And, you know, as I got to that age of 16 and I was given that opportunity in TY to create something, I knew that that's something I wanted to create. And it did start off like, you know, general information for all members of the public. And then we moved kind of towards the sibling side of things once we kind of got our name out there a bit more and you know that's why it was created was for siblings because I didn't feel there was anything really there for them to turn to. So I'll link your Instagram's page on my own page later today at underscore talk about a podcast but during the month of April which is autism awareness month you were sharing stories of autism siblings. What is it like to be able to share those stories and are there any that you that have touched your heart in particular 
I am so happy that I got to do that. Do you know, I always wanted Autism Sibling Ireland to be a place that all siblings can come and interact and communicate with each other. And being able to, for the month of April, be that outlet for siblings to share their stories is great. And I think a big thing I love about it is all the different age groups. Do you know, it's not just young children. It's we've adults, we've people in their teens, you know, early 20s. You know, there's such a mix and it really pushes across that message that autism is not a childhood thing. Nobody grows out of it. It's for life. And as siblings, we grow with them as they grow. And it's important to know that like those relationships will change. They will grow. They will want to be independent. And as a sibling, being able to be that person, because someday our parents are going to pass and we're going to take on that role as their carers. Do you know? So it's really important for me to show that, you know, siblings are there for their life. We're not going anywhere. That is such a lovely message, Freya. And the stories are truly so heartwarming. So I've mentioned it before, but April is Autism Awareness Month. And that is why I did an episode on autism this month to raise awareness. So have you found autism is now becoming a thing more and more people are talking about? Absolutely. I definitely think since I've started, I've seen people's knowledge and awareness of it grow and I feel like this year in particular a lot of the organizations autism organizations are really pushing for acceptance more than awareness because I feel like we are getting to a point where you know like nearly everyone you talk to knows somebody with autism you know and while being aware is wonderful acceptance is huge it's so important for that acceptance it's like the next step so I do absolutely feel that over the last few years that awareness has really grown. So how can we become more accepting Freya? What can we do? Because you said it so well, we all know or will meet somebody in our lives who has autism. I suppose the best thing I could say is accept them as a person, as a human being. Do you know, it's so quick to see that autism diagnosis and assume that they're like a character out of a movie or a TV show, that they have the exact same traits and personalities, but look at them as a human being, as a person. They deserve respect and patience and kindness. And that is such a big part of the acceptance. Do you know, if we can get rid of that negative stigma, that separation of them from us and just see that they're members of our society and they deserve to live their lives to their fullest. Do you know, I think it's a really big step towards acceptance. You know, that's fantastic advice, Freya. Thank you for sharing. I better move on to my final two questions because I feel like we could talk all day otherwise. So I ask these questions to all my interviewees. What quote do you live by? I really live by what's for you won't pass you. And why is that? It's so easy to get bogged down on things that we may have failed at or we may not have gotten and they kind of consume us. But if you kind of just focus on what's for you won't pass you in life. Do you know, it's a lot easier for you to focus on the positives, move forward, keep going and realise that you will end up with the life that you want and did you have that feeling when you set up autism siblings ireland like this was something that was made for you to do absolutely like my mum always says to me my brother like dean was brought into our lives for us do you know like he has i'm in social care in college because of him i have autism siblings ireland because of him he's given me my career my journey in life i feel so i absolutely feel like setting this up it was made for me Oh, that's so lovely, Freya. Tell me, what is one thing you wish people would take away from our conversation here today? You've mentioned so many wonderful things here, but if the listener could just take just one, what would it be? 
Um, I think what I would say, the one thing to take away from today is treat everybody equally. Treat everybody as a human being who deserves respect, kindness, dignity. Oh, I couldn't say it better myself, Farah. That's absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's been a wonderful time. And that is all for this week's episode of Talk About It. I hope everyone enjoyed this week's interview and learned something about autism. If you're a young musician who wants their music played on the podcast or someone who has an idea for a topic for this podcast, please send me a message on my Instagram page at underscore talk about a podcast. And I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Keep safe, everybody, and I'll talk to you all again very soon. <laughs>